0: Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. This is Kelsey Zeiser. I'm a senior editor here at Light Reading, and I'm joined on this podcast by fellow Light Reading editors, Mike Dano and Phil Harvey. On this show, we'll discuss Light Reading's The 5G Exchange, which is a resource dedicated to providing vetted 5G content, such as white papers, videos, presentations, blogs, and more. We'll discuss how to submit content to the 5G exchange and some of the more popular submissions that we've received. We'll do that right after this break. Hey there, Bill and Mike. Thanks for joining me on the Light Reading Podcast. We have Phil, a uh, U.S. Bureau Chief and uh, Senior Editor of Hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I was trying to think of something cool to call you since you have um,
1: That's kind of funny. It, it, I have a lot of hair these days because I haven't had it cut <laughs> in a while. So that's, th- th- that's becoming a, a quarantining uh, uh, tradition, I guess.
0: And uh, we also have Mike Dano here, uh, Senior Editor of Lawn Aeration Techniques.
2: That's right. I am going to be a master of aeration so hard. (laughs) I
0: don't know what that means.
1: And now the pre-podcast conversation has suddenly become the content.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. For you listeners, we were um, just discussing when is the right time of year to aerate your lawn and fertilize it and put in grass seeds. So we'd love to hear your comments on that um, and, you this know, just some insight like into at, uh, the things that keep us up at night here. Yeah. I was
1: like, this is what I always imagined a big time media company would sound like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what kind of fertilizer you use? Anywho. <sighs> What we're really here to talk about is the 5G Exchange, which is a lot more exciting than watching grass grow. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so our 5G Exchange is a relatively new uh, platform. It uh, was launched about a year ago. Yeah. And it's a way to cut through the noise, so to speak, of all the 5G content on there and make sure what you're reading isn't garbage. <laughs> so <what we> do... <laughs> is we're vetting uh 5g content that comes in so you can just go to the 5gexchange.com there's a button to submit your content and it'll take you less time than it does to select something to watch on netflix to fill out the survey so fun fact there and you can submit presentations white papers videos um, all kinds of content and then it's vetted by yours truly and our 5g council to make sure that it is good quality content.
1: May I make a brag about the 5G exchange real quick? Please do. Seems like this would be the appropriate venue for that. <laughs> yeah. I, I bet you that, and this is this is for vendors, I bet you that if you actually put a good white paper together about some technical aspect of 5G that you wanted to educate the market about, you didn't put any sales garbage in it. It, it. it wasn't completely tuned just for your product, but it was actually tuned to the the, the broad you know subject area that, that your company has expertise in. If you put that white paper on the 5G exchange, I bet you in three months we get more downloads than you do when you put it on your own website and try to collect leads and email your customers and pester them and make it generally hard to get to the content. That's my that's my yeah. brag. I, I think that we are a better vehicle for that um, type of industry knowledge than most companies' websites.
0: Definitely, and I'm glad you brought that up. Um, we have had quite a few downloads and it's interesting to see what people are um, interested in on the site. And it was also a great point about not making it a product pitch. Those are the first things that get thrown out that are submitted when, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's white paper that says there's X problem out there and we can solve it with this product. Um, Folks aren't really interested in that. So we don't put any product pitches on the site. Uh, And I wanted to talk to you guys today about some of the more popular content and give our listeners an idea of the types of things that they can learn about on the site. Uh, so one interesting one was a white paper slash infographic by Raconteur, and it's called The Economic Impact of 5G. And they developed the infographic based on data from Omdia and also um, in collaboration with 5G World. And one of the interesting points I found in this infographic was it said that um, both China and the manufacturing industry could potentially benefit the most from 5G. What were your thoughts on that? And why do you think maybe manufacturing would be the industry that would benefit the most?
2: This is a hard question to answer, like where, who's going to benefit from 5G and how and when and stuff. And so... Uh, I think it's definitely like a wide open topic at this point. and uh, anyone's <laughs> anyone's guess is probably pretty good. Um, but I think that uh, <laughs> there's a lot of emphasis on on that manufacturing space and five g right now. and mm-hmm. uh, with the with the notion that um, you know if you've got a manufacturing facility, then um all your machines are are connected to wires, and so it makes it hard to uh, rework a manufacturing process because everything's you got to reroute all those wires. And so with five g, you wouldn't necessarily have to do that. I think that's a strong argument, but on the other hand, um, how often are you know manufacturing facilities upgraded uh, to the latest and greatest technology? I mm-hmm. pro- probably not as often as we all replace our phones. Probably, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I think, like I said, it's it's uh, that sounds like a good guess to me. And I don't know. I I it's I think there's pros and cons to uh, to that notion. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I think if they're in an upgrade cycle, like Mike said, then it's probably likely that they would go ahead and move toward 5G for the latency aspect and things like that. I guess if you're re- I guess if, if this report assumes that a lot of new robotics related to manufacturing was going to have 5G built in, then that would make more sense. Um, I actually think in the manufacturing space, private networks will be a bigger deal and they won't necessarily be they could be 4g um so uh, i i think there's a little bit of uh you know there, there there's a little bit of room for error there but i think either way we're gonna see more and more manufacturing facilities go wireless and go to private networks so both of those trends are very strong and benefit the service provider community for sure it's mm-hmm. a, it's uh, it's a good it's a good one to kind of uh, read through that that paper and just kind of you know see see what their assumptions are and figure out you know what whether or not you you line up with them. Uh, right now, it's a bit it's a it's a bit of a tough time to be making predictions about anything in the world, but uh, that that's one that I think they're on fairly stable ground, and it's a it's definitely a good one to you know kind of uh, bat around and maybe argue about. Right. Yeah.
0: And, and I wonder if.
2: Topics, uh, I was going to say on those two topics of like manufacturing and, and private networks, I, mm-hmm. you know, you, I try to watch for like signals of like who is interested in this. And right now in manufacturing, there's a lot of like demo, there's a lot of demo installations. Like there's an installation in Samsung's manufacturing facility in Austin. There's a couple of other examples. There's a huge uh, European company called ABB that is investing in this area and looking at it. So, uh, but there's no, there's, there's, I think there are fewer, fewer in Farther between than private networks. There, I've seen a mm-hmm. lot of interest from a lot of different areas in private networks, like re, what looks like real interest, like real installations, real, real live tests by you know more than just the sort of usual suspects like Nokia or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. I was also wondering if maybe it would have an impact um, in manufacturing and tracking their products. Um, you know, using IoT to make sure that they're products arrive safely and in good condition and um some different uh use cases there uh be interesting to
2: see i i gotta say i'm not i'm not sold at all on that the the (laughs) asset tracking and like sensors and stuff no, no one needs five or there's like maybe one out of a hundred applications actually needs 5g for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, really it's video surveillance, which is a big, uh, it's a big, that is a big use case and, and people definitely people are investing in video surveillance and 5g is applicable mm-hmm. to that. But, you know, if you're, if you're tracking where a pallet is going, you're, if you use 5g for that, that you're, you're taking a bazooka to a knife fight. It's just, is <laughs> so there's the functionality is so beyond what they need, what it's they really much. need for, yeah, for asset tracking like that, those are the real inexpensive IoT networks like LoRa and NBIOT. And, and even those I think are having trouble finding enough customers to make them financially viable. So yeah, you throw five G into a where it's like you're you're paying, you know, fifty cents a month and then you throw five G in there, it's just the economics don't work.
0: But I think in um, you know, considering the times that we're in right now, asset tracking for toilet paper might be um, you know, <laughs> I am I am definitely tracking
2: my own supply of toilet paper very we carefully. You for that. Yes. yes. I would like to have
0: video surveillance for my toilet paper stash.
1: Real-time Real surveillance. Time.
0: Mm-hmm. We should put that on the site. Video tracking of uh, Mike's toilet paper. <laughs> Keep an eye on it. Yeah. If... That that Just a
1: closet cam. That'd be funny. Just
0: have... I'd sign up. <laughs>
2: Can right. I say that we should probably just wipe all this away, this topic? Oh, Is Jesus. that good? Is that good? Oh,
1: that's that's Yeah, <laughs> okay. I'm stopping the podcast now, okay. actually. I'm just yep. going to hit right. the button. Yeah,
2: yeah good idea.
0: Excellent. Is there
1: anything else to talk about, Kelsey? <laughs>
0: yes, I was just about to transition. <laughs> uh, we had a really great video on the site by Diana Blass. Um, she spoke with John Paul Farmer, CTO for the City of New York, about New York's Internet Master Plan, which sounds pretty epic. I bet they have that in a vault in a closet. Somewhere. No, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but that's focused on uh, bringing connectivity to underconnected areas. Uh, they mentioned that Queens and Brooklyn are particularly underconnected, um, and that a variety of technology, 5G, but also he mentions fixed wireless, CBRS, edge cloud. Um could also help in improving connectivity. Um, did you all have a chance to watch that video? and any thoughts on it?
2: I, I actually did watch that with 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 much interest, and here's why is because uh, I know that it, uh, among cities all over the country, and especially in a huge one like new york city, um, the the way that a city is handling all these new technology boxes is becoming a real big deal like it's it is a major issue for a lot of uh, it's a major issue for a lot of cities uh, t- to decide who gets to put stuff where and there's just like a growing number of industries that sort of want to be involved in this area and I think it's putting a lot of stress on cities so uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, if New York City has like a master plan about where all this stuff is going to go, because he, he was right. He's talking about, you know, if you're going to have 5G, if you're going to have small cell transmitters, where are they going to go? Who's going to install them? Um, and then you add in things like edge computing. Well, if there's going to be, you know, these edge computing servers scattered everywhere, where are they going to go? Who's going to mm-hmm. install those? Are, gonna, are they going to be on city property? Now you have smart city applications that the city might be running. Who's going to install all that stuff? And pretty soon you had, you know you could potentially have this notion of like every New York City street corner has got this like you know forty foot pole with you know thirty boxes on it running all different kinds of stuff and uh, I think it, I think it's a major issue for those cities and so it's interesting to hear about New York City attempting to bring order to such chaos.
0: Right, especially somewhere where space is at such a premium, and I feel such like just uh, New Yorkers get that. Um, You know, I feel like they'd be saying "not my backyard" kind of thing. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, there's probably
0: getting some pushback
2: from city, but uh yeah.
1: (laughs) They also have a an interesting problem in that you know you've got the very richest and the very poorest all in the same you know city city and and scattered across the boroughs, and then um, you've got. The legacy problem, uh, and I think one of the, the aspects of the plan was to every time they do something to sort of ask the question, okay, what else can this do or how else can, can we upgrade what's here already instead of having to, you know, run new fiber, install a new small cell, etc. You know, is there, is there is there a way to simply um, technologically advance what's what exists? To, to reach more people. And that's where mm-hmm. I think fixed wireless and some of those solutions become a lot more attractive because you have that um, potentially interesting and good line of sight in a lot of like the boroughs, um, you know, from a building down to a bunch of uh, residences, but you, you, you would be really uh, troubled to uh, do something like run fiber to all those homes or something like mm-hmm. that. So, there's There's some incredibly unique uh, you know connectivity challenges ahead for New York. it It is interesting to see that they're trying to take uh, you know that they've made it someone's job to put all this together and and you know get get all of these things signed off, all these different questions signed off. <laughs> Each time somebody uh, approaches them with a new technology, and that's where I think the idea of 5G, especially in New York City, is—it's going to be a, a you know a great mode of connectivity when and where they can use it. But it's certainly not the thing that they're hanging their hat on. They're not um, like like I've heard a number of other cities talk about 5G as like this thing that's really going to propel them forward. Right. They they seem to be more interested in just can we get everyone to a very basic level of connectivity and participating mm-hmm. as citizens? And then once we get that, we can actually move the entire city forward.
0: Yeah, exactly. He seemed to, you know, make a firm point that it 5G could be beneficial. But like you said, it's a it really the it's less the technology. He just wants to make sure that the city is well connected.
1: I was going to say that becomes a great tool to negotiate with vendors. So when somebody Mm -hmm. applies to put in a small cell or something, it's like, great, we'll let you do this, but you have to connect this neighborhood and these people and that sort of thing. And you really have to do that with the telcos because they do not want to connect hard to reach neighborhoods on their Mm -hmm. own. You have to kind of use something that they really, really want and then uh, like a 5G small cell in a highly commercial area like times square and then you have to you know add add to that contract something that benefits uh all of the citizens and not just the corporations
0: right great well on that note we'll take a quick break so mike can check on um how his lawn's doing and (laughs) (laughs) we'll be right back on the light reading podcast We're back on the Light Reading Podcast. I'm joined by Mike Dano and Phil Harvey. Hey, guys.
2: Here we go. Hello,
1: hello.
0: Hello. So we've been talking a little bit about the 5G Exchange, which is light readings uh, resource for everything 5G. And it's also vetted so you can be sure that uh, the white papers, presentations, videos, and blogs on the site are legit and are things that you'd actually be interested in and are not product pitches. So we're just going over um, a few pieces of content, uh, which we thought might be of interest to folks that are on the 5G exchange and which have had uh, the most downloads. So a lot of people have found this interesting. <laughs> so I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about um, another theme that I noticed on the 5G exchange, which was a discussion of whether or not 5G can be green. Um, Diana Blast did a video on that, and Stephen Douglas with Spirent also submitted a presentation about it. Um, do you have any thoughts on whether 5G really will potentially reduce energy consumption and emissions? Um, you know, maybe more people working from home uh, will also um, make it A greener technology. Um, I think that
1: was a harder argument to make because in the case in a lot of cases 5G is going to be requiring densification of equipment small cells and things of that sort so it it seems like just the opposite would happen that it would be using more energy and more uh, you know producing more heat and that sort of mm -hmm. thing um, in the public space but um, but But that's just in the case of millimeter wave and high bandwidth, uh, the highest bandwidth 5G. I bet the the opposite argument, I guess, could be made for the mid-band and low-band 5G.
2: Yeah. And uh, what I have been hearing is that uh, a technology that is uh, not exactly 5G, but it's definitely related, is a technology called Massive MIMO. And this is uh, mainly an antenna, an, an antenna technology, and uh, it makes 5G go better, like way better, you know? It's one of those mm-hmm. better better technologies. Um, but it uh, apparently uses a ton of uh, energy. It's very power intensive to run this stuff for Massive MIMO. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm having a hard time seeing how, mm. you know, maybe f- with the... Uh, power efficiency technologies they've been talking about with 5g it might all equal out and be not a dramatic increase compared with 4g but it's hard to imagine it's going to be less
0: yeah um so that might be a we have to kind of wait and see but it, it um that's interesting to hear both sides of it i think of you know there are some arguments that it could be greener and then like you all are saying um there's also uh, some cases where energy consumption would increase with 5G. So that's a consideration as well. Um,
2: It's hard to, it's hard to see, you know, if you've got one cell tower covering a small city and and you densify that network with 10 small cells, are the 10 small cells really going to need, you know, overall a total amount of less power than the one cell tower? It's, I I find that hard to, Mm -hmm. hard to imagine. And then the Mm -hmm. other thing that I am particularly interested in that, that uh, operators rarely talk about is Backup power, so you know you, you plug in yeah. a cell tower to the to the electricity right. grid and everything is great. but what if the electricity grid goes down? Yeah. which if if I may don my my tinfoil hat for just a second, <laughs> um, please do uh, aside aside from pandemics, uh, the the electricity grid going down is one of my other uh, favorite topics. and so backup power for those cell sites uh, is I think a big deal.
0: Are they looking at um, solar as an option or wind power? Yeah, they have not reliable enough. Yeah, they
2: have talked about it, but it's, you know, it's hard to collect enough electricity through, you know, uh, wind or or, or even solar. And then you got to store it in a battery in the location. And Mm -hmm. I think most of them are just generator, you know, 24 hours of generator backup, gasoline generator.
0: Yeah, gotcha. So that'll... I guess we'll wait and see if 5G mm-hmm. is really greener.
1: It, well, I just wonder if he's, if he, you know, because you you mentioned something about, and we're kind of seeing some effect of this now. Is I wonder if this, if this is, if Spiren's argument is really a measurement of the overall effect of 5G in terms of um, if you connect more devices per antenna and you have more people being able to do things without getting on planes let's say at what point does that reduce the overall uh, co2 emissions in, mm-hmm. in a you know in a in a city or in a in a nation so it's a um still still a uh i think a I, I still would challenge that argument but i think that's also a good reason to go and read uh you know his his uh his pitch because it's interesting uh it's it's an interesting argument he's making
0: right he does mention you know smart factories and smart cities and agriculture and so maybe um you know some of the technology required to make 5g work might be less energy efficient but the um applications that it enables uh could be more beneficial to reducing CO2 emissions, for example, Um, seems to be part of what he's saying in this presentation. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh,
0: So another uh, topic that garnered some attention on the site was the impact of 5G on the gaming industry. Uh, So one was why mobile operators need a 5G game plan, and then there was also say hello to the future of communication and entertainment. Um, So wanted to hear from you guys on how 5G might impact the gaming industry. Um, One of the authors mentions Google Stadia, which I believe is a subscription service for games. Um, so how is 5G going to impact how games are delivered and on what devices?
2: Let me uh, let me turn off my Batman Arkham Asylum <laughs> game for just a <laughs> minute and see if I can quickly address this. Yeah, so I think you I asked I the
1: wrong person about this.
2: <laughs> jump back into defeating uh, the Riddler, whose trophies are literally everywhere in that game. They are so scattered everywhere. It is just insane. I'm not going to collect all those <laughs> trophies. It's too much time. It's too much time to collect all the trophies. Uh, The gaming, I feel like this is the, you know, it's funny to go to these like work conferences and hear about, uh, you know, get these these old white guys will get up on stage and talk about (laughs) manufacturing and the future of uh, healthcare. And I really think that it's the video games. Like, I think that that's the, that's, everybody ought to be talking about video games all the time because they are, they're so popular. The video game industry is bigger than the movie industry uh, in terms of round dollars and uh, online video games are so dependent on a quality network connection. Mm-hmm. And if you add, you know, my son is on, uh, um, uh, what is it called CS:GO all the time, which is a video game that is online and a quality network connection makes a huge difference in whether you can play it well or not. Um, and then when you, You know, you look at uh, streaming things like Stadia, when you look at future things like a virtual reality, all those things are going to just be huge users of bandwidth and not just bandwidth, just not, not just raw bandwidth, but um, real time connections, low latency. And so, you know, when the industry starts talking about fast, low latency connections with 5G, I mean, it is, it is literally, they're literally talking about, um, good video game connections which is what they should be talking about way more than they're doing now mm-hmm. and now back to the Riddler I'll see you I'll see you guys later <laughs> okay thanks Mike <laughs> this is uh Bye.
1: this is going to be the thing that that gets the telcos out of a jam uh you know like AT&T for the longest time was pushing uh u which was an enhanced copper product to you know connect homes and uh, even though it had fiber to the curb or fiber to the cabinet, you know it was it was still copper to the house and it was uh uh you know not as good a product as fiber to the home and
0: mm-hmm.
1: and definitely uh you know not competitive to five g the latency that's possible with five g. so I think that this is the kind of uh kind of a get out of jail free card that uh carriers can use to get the uh win back. You know some of the uh, some of the gamers they've lost over the years <laughs> to uh, to either fiber connections or cable, um, because, probably cable because cable has been um, in general really responsive and really generous when it comes to allowing uh, for a low latency, high bandwidth connection depending on your geography. So this uh, yeah it could open up a lot of uh, not just interesting new gaming experiences but it could just improve a lot of what's out there already
0: Mm -hmm.
2: i mean i right now i would love to be able to go and play charades with like our family friends and we could do that if the virtual reality was fast enough and we could all connect but at this point you know there's you can hardly have a video call with zoom because everything stalls and stutters and the wi-fi isn't good and you're in the other end of the house and one of the people doesn't have a good connection, and so they're always coming in and out. Like, you fix all those problems, and quarantine is going to be way easier to deal with if you can, <laughs> you can get all those networks up and running and, and you know some quality connections uh, yeah. for, for for video calls or or even virtual reality. Like, I'd I'd be down for that right now.
0: Yeah, <laughs> just been playing a lot of Animal Crossing, but that's just. <laughs> that's not my I got the last Nintendo Switch at Target. Um, Just a little humble brag there. Mm -hmm. Very nice. (laughs) Um, Do you all think that, uh, you know, maybe streaming services like Netflix might even add uh, games or music in addition to uh, video content?
1: I don't see why they wouldn't at some point, but it, it, maybe not Netflix, but I think there are certain branded things that's, that other services might do. Like I could, I could totally see Disney plus doing that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They should eventually that makes a lot of sense. I think. Yeah.
0: Uh, in the Say Hello to Future of Communication and Entertainment, um, that blogger also discusses uh, with 5G, we might see more biometric readers um, for safeguarding privacy and preventing fraudulent transactions. Um, he also talks about using computer vision and automated image processing to edit video content. Um, do you guys foresee an uptake in, in biometric readers and the use of computer vision as well?
2: That, that sounds like one could, for Phil. Go do it. Get it, Phil. Get it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> if, if you could simulate what the, the, the face, uh, the, what is it called? Face ID uh, experience that the iPhone has. Um, but, <laughs> but, but on a network level or with, with like unlocking and things like that, because the, The face id thing that that uh you know it's it's incredibly fast incredibly responsive but it's all housed right in the device you know it's a it's an unlocking mechanism i I can see that with low latency you could take that technology and expand it to you know connect to other things like maybe uh maybe that becomes a password you know for a network instead of just for a device level thing Mm -hmm. um so, I, yeah, I could I could see that there's a natural progression there. Uh, rolling it out is going to be tricky, but the first thing you need to do that, obviously, as the author talks about, is you know some sort of low uh, high bandwidth, low latency connection, and more important, the low latency in that part. And it, it could certainly be done, but I mean, I've I've been impressed with just how fast the Face ID is with the um, uh, with the iPhone that. Mm-hmm if you could do that on a network level and then have that work in multiple, um, multiple areas, like say, maybe instead of, maybe when you go into a store or something, you know, uh, this is kind of far out, but you use it as authentication when you get, when you get somewhere and then when you purchase and you're not really required to do anything, but just walk by something, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's been kind of a dream for a while uh, in, in, in expressed in various ways. And I think, I think that's a, you know, those biometric type things are kind of, kind of possible there. Uh, but, uh, but there's, that's a, that's a challenge to roll out. I think it'll, it'll take a a carrier being incredibly aggressive in that direction for, for people to catch on.
0: Yeah, hopefully they, um, I, I think there's still some room for improvement, um, on the iPhone, um, Face scanner just because my brother was able to unlock my phone with his face once, and that didn't make me feel very good because he has a beard. And you know, (laughs) (laughs) totally, I'm like, what is what is phone trying to say?
2: Does your brother look exactly like you in the spitting image? That's amazing that he was able to do that. I know it
0: was kind of scary, and I'm like, does it mean that I look like him or he looks like me? into a kind of existential crisis there but
2: yeah it sounds like we need to move on to uh what is it retinal scanning or i don't know blood draw scanning and
0: something like that yeah something something else that doesn't make something
2: (laughs) something science fiction that also doesn't involve looking like other people
0: yeah exactly Well, thanks for joining me today, guys. Um, I appreciate it. And uh, listeners, I hope that you will check out the 5gexchange.com, peruse the site and enjoy the um, white papers, presentations, videos, blogs and more. That we have on there um and also do take a moment to submit your own content um if you use the click here to submit your content button and i promise it doesn't take long Um, so thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time here on the light reading podcast That's our show for today. Thanks so much to Mike Dano and Phil Harvey for their time and insights. Thanks also to our wonderful producer, Tian Fu, for making us sound good. And thank you, dear listener, because if you weren't paying attention, we wouldn't be able to get away with doing all this at work. Please tell a friend to subscribe. And thanks again for listening to the Light Reading Podcast. We'll see you next time.